Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Erin. I'm Nicole. This is Dude That's Fucked Up, whoop, whoop. a podcast brought to you by Erin and Nicole. <laughs> Any, how's everything going? Any uh, business for us today? Well, this is episode 50. 50. <laughs> Five zero. It's almost been a year since we started doing this to Holy the day. Majoli. Yeah, we uh, we have not missed a week. Uh, we've recorded every single week to consistently bring you a new episode an entire year. Yeah. Whoa. Because it's awesome. Because it's fun. Because we love it. Aren't and we, we love lucky? You guys. Yeah, we're so lucky. <laughs> this uh, is a cool thing that we get to do that we choose to do, uh, and we love it. We we never talked about the meetup because we haven't recorded since then. Should we give a little? Mm. I, I think also we did like the movie thing yesterday, which was fun. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. We we had a great time at the uh, at the meetup in in Hollywood. It was awesome. It was so much fun and. Uh, it was really fun to like meet people in real life and that we talked to on the Facebook page and, uh, see some of our friends that listen and eat fried chicken and waffles at Roscoe's, at Roscoe's yeah. after it was just really that fun. Was like a, it was a proper like LA Hollywood experience. A bunch of, I think some people went to the museum of death. Yeah. Um, uh, Mackenzie came to my improv show uh, the next night, Aww. which was really fun. And then I'm, I even met up with Brendan and Mackenzie and Will on Saturday again. We went to a brewery. <laughs> oh, was that fun? I forgot yeah, to ask you about that because yeah. I saw the pictures and I was like, I wasn't like mad. I was just like a little <laughs> jealous. I was like, all right. It was cool. It was really fun. Uh, yeah, it was so much fun. And then I was like, oh, are they sick of me yet? Like, I'm just like, hey, do you guys want to like hang out again? And Aww. then, but yeah, it That's was so, so much fun. fun. Yeah. I love it. I'm so happy for you guys and I'm I'm so it was a really it was just so fun. We had some friends come out too. That was so kind yeah. of like everybody to just be there and hang out. It was it was perfect. And the bar that we were at was super cool. So cool. If you're if you're in the LA area ever, uh check out uh Good Time at Davy Wayne's. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Good Times at Davy Wayne's. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, good time. Yeah, uh, so it's super fun. cool. Yeah, it's like a it's like a seventies porn stars <laughs> living room. <laughs> the music is so good. Oh, it was perfect. Yeah, it was a great, just like a a great time. Fun times. Um, and then I got I I wish I could have stuck around the rest of the weekend, but I uh, I headed up to visit my parents and my brother. So yeah, it was it was a good time, all around great time. Good. So yeah. You made the most of your trip. It's so hard. I, did. I mean, we always have talked about this like privately, but yeah. it's so hard living far away and coming home because mm-hmm. it's never that relaxing. There's always so much stuff. You know, yeah. you got to fit in seeing everyone and make the most yeah. of it. So it can be pretty busy when you visit. Um, yeah, it but- is. It's tough. Uh, I've gotten the hang of it over the year. Like, and when I say I've gotten the hang of it, I mean I haven't allowed the like guilty feelings to like consume me like they yeah. used to yeah. and you know because it used to be just so hard to like see friends and like try to tell your family like uh let's hang out these days and they're like why aren't we hanging out all the days you yeah know? and so um yeah so making making time and, and splitting that and figuring out how to do that is uh it's tough so if anybody lives far away from their families uh and knows that struggle 
uh, it's real. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. But, I, I used yeah. to not even tell people I was coming home to visit, but then people would text me because somehow they'd find out like, oh, you're in yeah. town. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd love to see And then see you feel like but, an asshole. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'd love to see you, but uh, I can't. But I know. Now I live here and I never see anyone. So, <laughs> well, like- to me, like the true test of a friend is like, if you listen to my podcast, you would know that I was in town. So, <laughs> you fucking just assholes. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, if kidding. they don't listen, they won't hear it. So, who cares? <laughs> exactly. It was, it was a true test. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Uh, uh, I would never. True friendship test. Uh, have you bought a t-shirt? <laughs> oh, that's right. Nice segue into that. Uh, I, 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 that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, we have uh, shirts and they're here at my house. So if you order one today, for example, you can ship it. I will get the notification and I will pop it in the mail same day. So how much are they? Could, uh, they're, I believe, $25 uh, and not including shipping and handling. Because I got to pay for that shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, fucking USPS, man. Um, but yeah, it's it's not it's not too No, that's too bad. good. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we, I also have stickers, too. So I can, if you order a shirt and a sticker, or just a sticker, or just a shirt, I got them all. I, it's ready to go. Also, the shirts are very nice. So They are. They're, they're like good quality. Good quality they're soft. Yeah. Brendan yeah. wore it when we went to the brewery. And I was, he was uh, like, don't be mad. I'm wearing this. I'm like, oh, I'm not mad. I'm proud. You're like, I want everybody to yeah. wear it all the time. I'm like, why isn't everyone wearing this shirt? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? No. I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. So check that out. It's uh, on the website. It's just in the little, like, little drop-down menu of the shop. <laughs> Shopping shop is it the shop? I don't know. Le shoppe, le shoppe. Uh, yeah, I don't. Let know. me look. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> we have them. No, I I should specify. When you go to the website at the very top, there's like a little sub menu, and it says home about episodes, contact store, store. Click on this. Click on the store. Shut not shop store store. It'll take you straight to the t-shirt and the sticker situation. So. <laughs> Check it out. Um, and we got all the sizes, small to extra extra large, I think. Yeah, double XL. Yeah. We so. got everyone covered. But quantities are limited, mm-hmm. so check it out now. Um, okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, so that's all the business. Yeah. Anything fucked up? Okay. Oh, what? Yeah, you should. Do you want to go first? Okay. So one thing, uh, I got an IM from someone. <laughs> I don't know if she wants me to say her name, but okay. Uh, she was like, "Can you tell Aaron?" <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. I read it like this. <laughs> Can you tell Aaron that there's no such thing as clean meth? Because <laughs> we were like, oh, it's okay. Like- <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you live in the 1960s and get injected? With meth <laughs> by Doctor Feelgood. I mean, okay, I know. I don't fair. know. I don't. Um, she was like, it's I all don't made know. From I've never done meth either. Yeah, I don't know. But I think because we were like, oh, it was like high grade meth, and it was like clean meth. And she's like, there's no such thing. It's all made from the same like chemicals. And I was like, okay, that's fair. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, except except now people make it in their homes out of household oh, products. Oh, I guess there's like that's that's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. What Which you isn't mean. It, it's 
they have to like yeah there's other i guess that's what i mean there's other like chemicals in it um which that's why people's houses explode i thought you were gonna (laughs) say it's made in people's like dirty ass kitchens and shit (laughs) that's like yeah yeah (laughs) i'm an expert i've seen breaking bad Just kidding. I don't know fucking shit about meth. I'm sorry. This meth, this meth is clean and pure because it's made in a really nice suburban kitchen. This meth is yeah. fucking janky and shitty because it was made in an RV with a dirty spoon. So yeah. <laughs> you want your no, bougie no. meth or your dirty meth? Up to you. Yeah, I, I fully take that. And <laughs> yes, it's fine. I yeah. stand. I stand corrected. But also, we don't care. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I care. I'm, I'm always, but I, I accept, I accept the criticism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair enough. So, listen, there's people that know more than we do. It's fine. Yeah, if you know that much about meth, then Godspeed. No, I'm just kidding. Cut that out. (laughs) Speed. Yeah. (laughs) It's methed up that you know that much about meth. I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you. I yeah. Hey, good this comedy uh, podcast, not a chemistry podcast. Yeah, so so many good little jokes. Uh, speaking of your jokes, um, I have one more other little thing. Uh, okay, you my so I take a stand up class with my friend Rachel, and our assignment last week was to write jokes for someone in the class. We had to draw names. Oh, remember I was telling you I was writing some jokes for my, for a friend in my oh, class. Oh, yeah. Um, so Rachel pulled my name, and we're friends, uh-huh. and she had listened to your um, to your Sinterklaas poem about me, <laughs> and um, she wrote, she's like, tell Aaron that she inspired one of the jokes I wrote, and I was like, Aww. okay. So she wrote me a joke. I'll just tell it to you. Uh, okay. And I say, um, have you ever been asked if you're have you ever been asked if the curtains match the drapes wait <laughs> carpet <laughs> i already messed it up okay she says have you ever <laughs> the curtains <laughs> and the drapes are the same <laughs> okay okay yeah she said maybe i should start with that and say just kidding. okay um okay she says have you ever has anyone here ever been asked if the carpet matches the drapes and then i do like some crowd work and then i go well i have and i was offended Obviously, my pubes are ringlets, too. (laughs) Beautiful, golden, flowing ringlets. (laughs) Silky smooth. Obviously, I have a muff full of ringlets, just like my head. Anyway, so that that was her. (laughs) That was her. Uh, She's like, so tell Aaron that 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 led to to me writing a joke for you. I was like, okay. I'm I'm, uh, happy to be a muse. (laughs) That is, I'm content and happy to be amused. That's yeah, great. That's great. That's so awesome. Anyway, that's uh, it. Love it. That's so funny. Um, well, speaking of meth, uh, <laughs> my fucked up of the of the week is that I for, I forgot a huge uh, little uh, anecdote detail from the JFK or the Doctor Feelgood episode uh, regarding JFK. Uh oh. So uh, this was like a. <laughs> kind of insane but this was part of a de- bunch of declassified information so um one of the main reasons obviously that dr jacobson was dismissed from the white house was yes the meth but also <laughs> <laughs> because uh 
when JFK died, uh, he destroyed all the the records and stuff of what he used to treat JFK. We we all know that from the that episode. But there was one thing that came out um, in 1962. JFK was staying at the Carlisle Hotel, and he suffered a serious psychotic break <gasps> after basically ODing or being shot up uh, too much with too much meth, uh, which ended in a manic condition. <laughs> And him running down the hallways of the Carlisle Hotel, furiously waving his arms and re- basically running around naked. Uh, maybe he had some chonies on, but I don't know. Uh, so the Secret Service had to call in another doctor who injected him with an antipsychotic drug, which finally calmed him down. So he had like a full-on psychotic break. Oh, my God. Uh, and after that, they are like – your time is up here, Dr. Jacobson. So, yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that's pretty massive detail. Oh my uh, god. But it, it his his service didn't stop because JFK was assassinated. It ended because JFK basically had a psychotic break because oh. of the meth. So How close was that to him getting shot? Was it like relatively uh, soon? Uh, let's see. Um, when did, when was he assassinated? Oh, I don't know. He was assassinated November 22nd, 1963. So like, we could like say six months to a year before his, Mm. his death, Dr. Dr. Feelgood was, uh, dismissed from the White House because of that. Yeah. Anyhow, that's my fucked up that I fucked up by not telling everybody about that a couple weeks ago. Well, it's just a fun fact. We were holding on to it for fun. Yeah. Yeah. So just FYI, that Mm. happened. Oh, my God. But, yeah. So. Well. That's crazy. Well, speaking of what, like, a time when we weren't alive. Okay, yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, speaking of, it's February. (laughs) I I don't remember. I I said November, but. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. I just was going to... Speaking of months and time. (laughs) I don't know. Speaking of podcasts, this one has a topic today. Yeah, believe it or not, we're not just going to talk about... um, Before we started recording, we talked about our skincare routine for about almost 10 minutes straight. And then we were like, oh, fuck, we've been recording this whole time. Let's start over. So, yeah. But I got some good tips. Yeah, good tips. Yeah. Anyway. And and, um, uh, at the same time, you also kind of um, reinforced it's okay that I'm spending money on expensive skincare. So I appreciate it. Well, it's expensive because it's effective. Yeah, it's good. It's not like some garbage shit that doesn't do anything. So it's not all marketing. It's like actually. Yeah, it's tried and true. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. So. This past weekend uh, marked the 59th anniversary of the day the music died. Uh, that was February 3rd. Mm. Um, and if you're like, what? what is that? What is the day the music died? Is that a lyric from a really fucking corny song? Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> But it's weird. We chose this topic without realizing that. So as I was doing research, I was like, oh, my fucking God, it's today, like, is the day. Yeah, that's Um, crazy. 
So the day the music died is in reference to um, – it was – that saying comes from a really bad song mm-hmm. called American Pie, which some people probably really like, which sorry. No, I'm sorry. You're um, wrong. It's a bad song <laughs> and it's long as fuck and I hate it so much. Okay. Tell I us think how it's you really feel. anti-American. And uh, 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 it's so bad. You guys, you guys sh- know the song. It's bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove, drove my Chevy to the levee, levee, but the levee was levee dry. Was dry. And good old boys were drinking. You know that song. It's like this it's, will be the day that I yeah. die. Also, yeah. Madonna covered it in the early two thousands, which fucking oh. nail in the coffin on that song for me. Yep. I think I felt not that passionately about it before she did that, and then I was like, oh no, that song's bad. Yeah. Well, this song is like from 1971, so everything during this time was like pretty cheesy. Yeah. Uh, but it's by Don McLean, and it's super long, but the song is about uh, a terrible plane crash <laughs> that killed three of the music industry's biggest stars in 1959. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so hence February 3rd, 1959, is no- known as the day the music died. Yeah. Um, And... <sighs> How could such an upbeat song be about something so fucking tragic? Because uh, it's fuck this bad. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of speaking of really upbeat songs that are about fucked up stuff, I'm still compiling a playlist of uh, our top fucked up songs. Oh, and we'll eventually uh, have a portion or a whole episode dedicated to why we think these songs are fucked up. So yeah. if you'd like to throw throw a, a song in for consideration, just uh, shoot us a note. Um, like either on the Facebook page or Twitter or whatever the fuck, and or email, and we'll uh, and and tell us why it's fucked up. Yeah, well, I I'm also like making an effort to make the playlist like listenable. So. Yeah, yeah, we were <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before this like we don't want we want it to be good songs that are about fucked up things, not just like any fucking Slipknot song you can find that's about like murder. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like, uh, I could tell you one song that's not making the cut. It's called American Pie by Don McLean. <laughs> and it's about a fucked up plane crash. And I don't care because that's a bad song. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, a uh, bad song about a plane crash. Um, so, but who and what, like, what happened? Like, what, what three huge stars died in this plane crash. Yeah. Um, first, let's talk a little bit about the music scene in the yeah. late 50s. It was pretty tight, in my opinion. It, mm. it was, like, getting fun. Oh, yeah. Th- like, things were starting to happen. It's, like, the time that's it, – it's, like, what was the catalyst to rock music as we would come to know it. Yeah. Um, a bunch of – a lot of, like, really talented musicians coming out, and rock and roll was starting to become main – mainstream yeah. and like kids were having sock hops and and making out in the backseat of Cadillacs and oh, shit yeah. it was tight it was yeah. tight poodle skirts and fucking ponytails and little saddle shoes skinny ties and like thick glasses yeah Woo. hot stuff love it hot stuff um so at the time um some of the most famous musicians at the time were Buddy Holly mm-hmm. um and let's see, Rick, Richie Valens mm-hmm. uh, and Big Bopper. So you know Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly is famous as fuck. Like had a pretty, 
pretty impressive uh, discography for somebody so young. Yeah. Um, he was, I, I think, I still listen to Betty Holly songs. I was just listening to some to get in the mood for this uh, this episode. I mean, I don't still listen, but I did listen to some for the episode. Because mm-hmm. you asked in here what my favorite song was. And I was like, I don't even, I think I only know one. But then I knew, when I listened to them, I knew a few more. But I still yeah. don't really, uh, I, I, they're just like kind of creepy to listen to now. I don't know. Like there's something oh, about lo- old music that's a little creepy sometimes. Uh, yeah, because it's kind of like it, it's, I don't know, it's like it's, haunting. It's kind of <laughs> haunting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, what are your favorite Buddy Holly songs? Okay, um, as I was listening, well, first my favorite, my not favorite Buddy Holly song is "Every Day," and that's because there's like this constant like dick slap noise in it. <laughs> The chiming noise? It's no, like, it's like ding, ding, ding. no, it's like oh, every day it's a getting uh uh. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a constant dick slap noise. I like it. It's like you would. I know. I do love dick slaps. No, but so that one is just distracting to me. But um. But I think probably uh, my favorite one is Not Fade Away, which is technically by the Crickets, but Buddy Holly was the lead singer in that band. So, yeah. Um, I think – and the Rolling Stones covered it, and it was great. So. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a what, really good song. Which one's yours? Uh, my favorite Buddy Holly song is Dearest. Mm. It is such a sweet song. It's it's only – like, it's not even two minutes long. It's very <laughs> simple. But it's beautiful. It's just sweet. It's a sweet song. Oh. It is a uh, – it was one of my top contenders for me and DJ's first dance at our wedding. Oh, wow. You are a Buddy yeah. Holly fan. Well, I just love that song. Oh. Uh, but we, we ultimately went with Sam Cooke, so – which still – Very good. Some of the, some of the best uh, love songs ever written, yeah. um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so I love that song so much. Um, still listen to it regularly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all uh all like Buddy Holly was like the hipster prototype that we see today. Yeah. I think. Super hipster. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He uh very clean cut, wore glasses. Yeah. And he was like very the cool like wayfarer glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was very uh um eclectic, I guess, in his styles, which okay, I was reading somewhere and I thought this was fun that he obviously is like in the rock and roll genre but he could seamlessly kind of um oscillate between like rock and roll and uh country and maybe even a little bit of like folky because he used that hiccup device that he Uh the do you want to do it i don't know if i can uh (laughs) (laughs) like uh like in ray vaughn he does it a lot you know the song ray vaughn it's like Uh, and he does that like a lot in that song but you know it when you hear it yeah but it's like kind of like a it could carry a twang if it needs to i suppose any it's like very prevalent in peggy sue I'm trying yeah. to think if it's in um Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's like a well sometimes it was like a literal like pig soup pig soup 
Oh yeah, you know, that's like, like a lot, like rockabilly. Yeah, has yeah, that and a lot of their, a lot yeah. of their music, Pretty a lot fun. of their songs too. Pretty fun. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was able to like cross over a lot, like a like a post Malone, if you will. I'm just kidding. I don't Fuck know what Post that Malone. is. <laughs> He's that white rapper who's like, I want to do rock and roll now. Oh, who'd God. Like, Fuck off. Yeah. No, you don't Fuck need to off. do anything but not be around. <laughs> yeah. He, like, oh. But unlike Post Malone, Buddy Holly was actually talented. Yeah. Also, unlike J- JT, like, unlike Justin Timberlake. Sorry if there's any JT heads out there, any ramen heads out there. <laughs> I do not like Justin Timberlake. I mean, <laughs> His new album is straight up trash fire trash, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It's it's Super Bowl Sunday today. We're recording this and I don't give a fuck about. Isn't he doing the halftime show? I couldn't tell you. Who cares? I don't know. I'm I I, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. That's know, our rant for I that know. shit. Ugh. Okay, but one side note about Buddy Holly that's really sweet. I thought, I mean, and also kind of weird, but for the time, not that weird. He proposed mm-hmm. to his wife on their first date, and she was like, are you kidding? He's like, no, I want to marry you. And then they got married. Whoa. Yeah. That's of, crazy. Mm-hmm, crazy, but cute. And they're, how old were they? They were like in their 20s probably, like super young. Yeah, because didn't he die when he was like 25 or something? Yeah, he was. he was really young. Yeah, so... I get it. When you yeah. know, you know. Yeah. But that's a lot. <laughs> it's also aggressive. It's it's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I thought Buddy Holly is pretty pretty hot. Yeah, he's like t- very tall and thin. Yeah. Uh, and like had those glasses and a nice smile. He seemed cute. Good. He's a fucking talented musician. And yeah, he was I mean, like, listen. He, yeah, good dresser. You don't even have to be that talented of a musician for me to find you hot. <laughs> like it's a sliding scale there's like something about like somebody who's talented musically is like a multiplier yeah it's for sure <laughs> <laughs> like a, a horniness multiplier <laughs> uh, uh, yeah oh god um <laughs> so yeah buddy holly is great uh and then let's see uh there was also um the big bopper. Oh, uh, JP, the big bopper Richardson, mm-hmm. who was like more rockabilly, like OG, like rockabilly kind of like, like fun. I don't, I don't really know any of his music though. Okay, I do, and this guy creeps me out because he goes, "Hey, baby, oh yeah," and he goes, "Okay, a chantilly lace and a pretty face." I, okay. Yeah, I hate it. But that's like his only that's his only jam. That was right? his like hit. Okay. Yeah. I mean he has other songs, but I think that was yeah. like his famous one. That was like the big hit. Um yeah. and then there is Richie Valens, who, who yes. uh he was amazing. He did uh La Bamba. Oh, okay. Everybody knows La Bamba. I'm sorry, but that's like the most fun song that's ever existed. It's, it just makes me so happy. Okay. If you like mariachi that's where that song derives from it's mm, like it's like a variation of a, a mariachi song yeah so uh richie valens was one of the first like hispanic full-fledged rock stars like yeah he, the first yeah he was like the first uh so he was from he was a uh, mexican-american mm-hmm. uh from like the la area and he is the forefather of the chicano rock movement so so cool chicano chicano rock and roll is still like a thing yeah to, to this day uh, so it, it would it would have originated out of East LA and other areas in Southern California. Um, so my grandpa grew up in Redondo Beach around Ooh. this time, 
and is Mexican. So he was definitely getting into trouble listening to Richie Valens, like for sure. Oh, I love Richie Valens. Just, I love, you know, fun stuff. Yeah. Okay, which we could talk about this a little bit later, but I feel like there was like a through line in the movie La Bamba that mm-hmm. doesn't, didn't really exist in real life or something. I don't know. But we'll talk about it. But I love Richie Valens' music. Mm-hmm. I love – it's all so cute. Donna. Mm. Then the, what's the other one that I really like? Uh, well, let's go, let's go, let's go, little oh, darling. darling. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, I it's love so that good. He was amazing. He was so great. He yeah. was it, uh, he was doing the most. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all three of these guys, though, they like joined forces and were going on tour together. Mm-hmm. So these were like three of the biggest, like, like rock and roll, you know, f- like kind of pop rock at the time. Yeah. Uh, going on tour together, if you can imagine how fucking awesome that would have been. Yeah. Um, and so the plan was to go on tour to 24 different cities throughout the Midwest. This was going to be, this is dubbed the Winter Dance Party Tour. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. Sounds great. Because <laughs> um, it's winter and it's, it's winter. dance halls. Yep, it's a dance halls like they're just getting the kids moving and grooving. Yeah, a dollar fifty. You just pay a dollar fifty. You get to go see all these headlining acts at a dance hall with your. It's like a mini Coachella. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the original Coachella. Yeah, but Uh, uh, emphasis on hell, Coachella, uh, Coachella. (laughs) Uh, They had to, like I said, go around to about they. 24 different cities throughout the Midwest. Now, I don't know – I didn't grow up in the Midwest, but I know a lot – I have a lot of good friends who did, and they're immune to cold basically because they grew up in the coldest place you can imagine, Mm -hmm. which is the Midwest in the wintertime. So – and then part of the other – like four months out of the year, it's dope. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we're talking like, you know – Iowa, Chicago, Wisconsin, yeah. Minnesota, like all that shit that is sub-zero temperatures in the wintertime yeah. on any given day in January. And that's when they decided to get this tour going. So uh, they it didn't have a lot of money, it sounds like, yeah. for this tour. Um, but this whole thing was like to make money. So they were on a budget. Mm-hmm. Um and like I said, the tour started January 23rd, 1959. And the as soon as they started going for it, their first after their first show, they realized that the logistics were fucked mm-hmm. about how to get around to each city because it was like instead of following like a logical pattern of like play a show in, you know, Des Moines and then go to the next closest town in Iowa – they were zigzagging all over the place. Like they'd be in Minnesota one day and then down and or wherever. I don't know. Like they were in Wisconsin. Like they were all, they were going state to state to state. They weren't just going city to city. They were going like state to state to state. Yeah. Like doubling back and like basically like, like ping ponging or like what pinballing everywhere. Yeah. Zigzagging, whatever. pinballing, yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It was not good. It, it Chaos. was really. It was, yeah, it was like, uh, there's a quote from, uh, (laughs) 
from a, a Buddy Holly historian named Bill Griggs. He said, because uh, this is like, obviously, this was not organized by the artists. This was organized by uh, a company called yeah. General Artists Corporation, uh, which was the or- organization that booked the tour. And uh, the Buddy Holly historian Bill Griggs said, they didn't care. It was like they threw darts at a map. <laughs> the tour from hell. That's what, they, that's what they named it. And it's not a bad name. <laughs> like, it, it, it was impossible to... I, I, I can't believe it gets worse too. So um, <laughs> so they're driving around from city to city, driving hundreds of miles between each city. Uh, and they're not in a luxury tour bus. No. They're in stripped down old school buses that keep breaking down. Like these school buses that they're in are like refurbished or whatever, which – and, and re – designated to just be in the junkyard basically (laughs) because they're not safe for children to be riding around in anymore (laughs) so they took some of the seats out made a little like nook yeah Yeah. i I don't know who knows but basically they're the buses are just garbage just ready to you know be impounded and to save money this is like what they did and uh these buses didn't have heat in them and they kept breaking down didn't they so, go through like five buses or something? Yeah, they went through yeah. about five of these shit ass buses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they're all piled in, like all the musicians together. So it's Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, Big Bopper, and then like the back Buddy Holly's backup band, mm-hmm. which is like four or five other people, I think. Yeah, Waylon and, Jennings was in his one of yeah, the let's, guys. Who was in his uh it was uh Waylon Jennings. So after he left, after Buddy Holly left the Crickets, he assembled a new band, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was Waylon Jennings on bass, Tommy Alsup on guitar, Carl Bunch on drums, and then uh, another, like, dude with supporting vocals, Frankie Sardo. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, a bunch of dudes in, in this shitty bus yeah, trying to make it back and forth between all these cities. In the middle of winter, blizzards, sub-zero temperatures – they're freezing. Um, and they had to unload and reload all of their own equipment at, at each gig. So they don't have any roadies. They don't have anybody helping them. They're doing everything on their own. It's very DIY. But at the time, they're, they're these like super famous rock stars, basically. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're just not <laughs> – I don't know. Well, it, it was, was early days of this type of thing too. When, yeah. Like you know, there weren't there weren't giant event companies and all these fancy managers making sure like you didn't yeah. have to do that type of stuff. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I mean, it's hard to imagine nowadays, like seeing how what happens when you know it when a big act goes on tour it's like a huge production yeah hundreds of people are are involved to figure out logistics and you know take care of the the band members so yeah that was not a thing back then um so anyway yeah at one point uh since the buses kept breaking down they were uh at one point they got stranded on the side of the road oh my god uh, in the middle of like sub-zero temperatures for a while and oh and they were all getting sick like they're uh Richie Valens came down with the flu uh it, it was it was just so bad just from being exposed to the cold for so long oh my god 
And and also like probably they were exhausted because they're playing a gig like almost every night without any their only like rest their rest, I guess, is on the bus. Yeah. Well but, they drove four hundred miles to three yeah. states over. But they're not even getting rest. Like no. they're trying to keep themselves from freezing to death. Also awful. What if they did make it to a hotel? What kind of shape was that in? No shit, right? <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're getting sick. And at one point, uh, the bus broke down in the middle of the highway in Ironwood, Ironwood, Michigan, and they're stranded on the side of the road in sub-zero temperatures. They're stranded for so long that (laughs) the drummer, Carl Bunch, got motherfucking severe frostbite on his feet. Oh! This is like some Oregon Trail shit. (laughs) No, for real, because they were lighting newspapers on fire in the aisle of the bus to keep warm, too. That's insane. That's, That's insane. like a ho- it's like a hobo bus tour. It's a hobo bus tour. Fucking That's crazy. Munch is getting frostbite or bunch. What's his name? Bunch, Girl, not bunch. He's <laughs> got a bunch of frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad for making fun of this guy. It's so Why? fucked up. Oh, that's funny. Because, because he, he got survived. frostbite. It's I fine. know, but he had but he had to go to the hospital. Yeah. And then they had to continue on with the tour. So they all like uh they all helped with drumming duties. Like I think like of course they're all so talented that they could all play drums too. Yeah. So like Richie Valens would play drums for Buddy Holly or Big Bopper or whatever. They'd yeah. like rotate around. So So cool. How scrappy everybody was. I love it. So so scrappy. So just so DIY, so punk rock. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um anyway, so after doing this for a while, they were like fuck this shit this is terrible they were getting real tired of it Uh um uh and i think the the straw that broke the camel's back was uh they had a gig in Clearwater or clear lake iowa on february 2nd after they drove 350 miles from their last gig in green bay wisconsin oh my god and so clear lake was an unscheduled stop but the promoter's like let's let's just you have a day off so let's shove in just like shoehorn in another fucking gig oh my god make that money dance monkeys (laughs) dance dance sing dance yeah they were just really they were just it was mean just mean oh god yeah so this this one was uh in iowa and at the surf ballroom (laughs) no no, what, what kind of what kind of I know what kind of surfing do they do they do in Iowa? Obviously, snow surfing or something, corn surfing or I, don't I know, know maybe maybe that's where snowboarding came from. Oh, except there's no, no hills, hills there, so yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, Iowa. Except there's not a mountain, let alone many mountains. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're like, oh, we're done with this. Fuck this. Uh, and then, because uh, they're looking at their schedule, yeah. and they had just drove 350 miles to this like shoehorn gig, <laughs> and um, and they look at the schedule, and the next day they had to drive to Moorhead, Minnesota, which was like back the way they came almost, but it was, or maybe not. I don't know anything about the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, but no, they had just been in this area like two weeks or like a week ago or something. It was like they or even even a few days ago and they could have just stayed there. So the the gig that they had the next day was 365 miles away in Moorhead. And then the day after that, they had to go back down to Sioux City, Iowa, 
which is a 325-mile trip. So (laughs) what are they doing? Oh, my God. So Buddy Holly was like... (laughs) Do it. (laughs) He was like, fuck the shit. I fuck the shit. I fuck, I fuck, I fuck, I fuck, I fuck the shit. Oh, fuck this. Fuck this fucking shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was done. He was done. So he didn't know what to do. They, they were like, they needed a break. They needed a faster way to, to get from point A to point B. Uh, <laughs> it was bad. Oh, also I wrote... Uh, uh, I just kept reading that um, he wanted to do laundry. Like, uh, his chonies were dirty. and ev- Dude, and, yeah. Yeah, and, like, they hadn't done laundry in 10 days or something. And Nasty. Uh, and so They're, like, he- starting to look like Mot- Motley Crue at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> smell like them, anyway. They're, like, all so clean cut, and then... The- but they smell like shit. So yeah. It's, oh, God. It's bad. Yeah. He's like, I just want some clean underwear and a bed. Is that too much to ask? I'm a human. And then the promoters are like, no. Yeah. They're like, where you turn them inside out. He's like, I already did. They're like, do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Go air it out. (laughs) Hang it out the side of the bus. (laughs) (laughs) It just freezes Uh, and breaks apart into a billion pieces. Exactly. Oh. Oh, it's so bad. Poor, these poor guys. So, um, so unglamorous. I had no idea. Uh, Yeah. I just thought like this was like standard procedure. I, I think like for t- them to like book a flight. Uh, oh yeah, which is what what they ended up doing. Well, so I, I think like touring isn't glamorous for the most. No. Unless, unless you're on the uh, starship. Oh, unless you're like a huge like yeah multi multi platinum fucking performer. Yeah, that's not- why people are like happy to go do like residencies in Vegas. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like for real. once they've once they've once they've like reached the pinnacle of, of their career. I, I think it's like not so like, uh, like not such a bad option for people anymore. No, uh, after having to, you know, pay your dues and travel around and whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but you, you get to live in a in a house like a nice house that has all the amenities you want, and just like commute to work every like you don't have to like yeah you, you're not in you know you're not in a new hotel every night right um and I mean even I don't know like we we have we've had friends that have been in bands and stuff and excuse me they um you know they they live the like life on the road and mm-hmm. it's hard it's yeah. really hard yeah so st- but it's, it's with dinky. It's stinky. It's and you're really sleeping stinky. on like friends of friends floors and shit. At some yeah. point, you get too old. Yeah. Well, you you gotta break out somehow. So. Yeah. yeah. But these guys are already like selling records and doing it, so it's yeah. pretty fucked up. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Buddy Holly was like, "Fuck this shit. I'm. I need. I. I need a break. I, I'm chartering a, a private flight." Yeah. Um. So that's what he does. He he gets a, a private plane that's like a teeny little little plane. It's like seats four people, including the pilot. Oh my god! So he and only two other people could come on board with the pilot. Yeah. Um, and that's what they do. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, they hire a I don't know what airfield they went to, but the. The pilot that they got, his name was Roger Peterson. He's 21 years old. He was already pretty tired. 
Oh my god. 17 hour day shift, 17 hour shift that day. But he's like, <laughs> I'll fly some rock stars. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I would too. But I'd I wouldn't want to be chance. in that plane. Okay, this is where things defect for me from the movie La Bamba because mm-hmm. the they the through line throughout that whole movie, if you'll recall, anyone who's seen it, is mm-hmm. that he's scared of planes. He he was. Oh, that's he was. real. That's real. Oh, but at the time he had the flu. He was, or he was still getting over the flu. Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of like more, I think, interested in the idea of not being in a fucking freezing okay. ice box. Yeah. Of death, like, aka the bus. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he which had- was interested in getting a seat. Yeah, he was like not stoked about it, but he was also like he he wasn't trying to push his way on the plane by any means because he ended up flipping a coin. Oh, okay. So I read somewhere and this is what made me conflicted. So so I guess uh Buddy Holly charters the plane. He wants Waylon Jennings and Alsup. I forget mm-hmm. that guy's first name. His like his bandmates. His bandmates to come with him. He's like, I got you both seats. Well, Waylon Jennings gave his seat to Big Bopper because Big Bopper had a cold and wasn't feeling yeah. good. So he's like, dude, take my seat. It's fine. Yeah. And then and then I read that Richie Valens made Alsup uh flip a coin. Like he was like, I want that I'm interested in the seat too. Let's flip a coin. But in the movie, I feel like it was more like, Richie, you take the seat, you take it. Yeah. And then he's like, no. And then they're like, no, you should take it. But it's, I don't know. I mean, whatever. It's like so minute. But yeah, either. I think there's like conflicting reports. And I think oh. like, uh, but he like was into the, it. The, the stories were like, you know, back and forth a lot over the years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, I, I think they did flip a coin yeah. for the seat. And he won. Uh, and Richie Valens won. And, but he lost. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. So uh, they, yeah, they, I think it was like 36 bucks for each passenger, which in today's money would be like 300 bucks maybe. Yeah. Which fucking worth it, man, if you're trying to get some sleep and not be in a freezing cold bus. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Although, maybe. well, my thing is, uh, so the whole reason Buddy Holly took this gig headlining this tour in the middle of winter mm-hmm. when his wife was pregnant uh, was because he was in some serious debt. So I'm like, what? Well, you don't have any business chartering a plane, sir. Um, but I mean, whatever. I mean, he did the cost analysis, and (laughs) (laughs) it worked out for him. He was like done with yeah, fucking. How can you perform after yeah being freezing cold and stiff in a bus? Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't know, ten hours. I don't know. Yeah. So he just needed a little little luxury. Uh, so yeah. Uh, they get on the plane. It's mm-hmm. like close to midnight that they they board the plane. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously dark. Um, yeah. Buddy Holly gets gets in the front with the pilot, and Richie and Big Bopper get in the back. Uh, and it's February third, like early a.m. Early yeah. morning, uh, like twelve thirty a.m. And even like people, even like fans, are seeing them off from the airport. They're like. You know, they found out that they're flying out of this particular airport mm-hmm. and, you know, they're like loving it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it had been stormy weather, like at different points throughout the month. 
Uh, but at this particular point in time where they were, it was like pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Conditions seemed all right. Uh, the pilot felt good about taking off, I guess. Um, but he was not made aware of reports of two blizzards moving into the area. So he was about to fly into some weather. Mm. Um, everybody saw them take off. Uh, the owner of the flight company saw, saw the takeoff. It was clear. He was able to follow the tail light of the plane for quite a ways. Uh, and, you know, everybody just assumed it was all okay. Yeah. And um, then they tried to make radio contact with the pilot a little bit later after they took off and could not get any kind of signal or response back from the pilot. So, yeah. Um, yeah. They waited for a while until the sun came up, I guess, and the weather cleared out. And the owner of the plane company decided to fly the same route that uh, that Peterson, the pilot, had flown. Yeah. And uh, as he was flying, I think it was only like maybe six miles, eight miles away from where they initially took off, only a few minutes into the flight. Yeah. He saw, he saw the wreckage of the plane. <sighs> so sad. Um, he radioed the sheriff as he was in, in the air and, uh, it was a bad scene. It was a very, very small plane. Yeah. And people think that he flew directly into one of the storms. So he had no visibility and it was probably very, very, very turbulent. Well, Uh, and I think it's like, uh, uh. It's like guess that he lost track of the horizon and like where the ground was. Right. Because like I kind think- of exactly what happened to uh John John, JFK Jr. Oh, really? When oh. he yeah. People think that's what what happened to him. It's easy so, to do cuz if if you don't have visibility like sometimes I don't I don't think your tools can tell you everything. That's well, why you, you don't fly helicopters at night, right? Or in storms or something. I mean, there's there's a lot of factors that contributed to this, which we'll get into later. But uh, that was a a major factor, yeah. Yeah. Um, having no visibility with uh kind of remedial uh instruments is nineteen fifty nine plane instruments. Yeah, <laughs> and a, and a small plane too, and yeah. also like small planes are are more susceptible to crashes because they're very light and small, and yeah. a bigger plane can. Like you can, you know, when you you fly in a smaller plane, you can feel each bump. Yeah. Like as you're as you're ascending, um, you when you're in a bigger plane, you can't really feel yeah. that much. Um, yeah. So you can imagine how fucking scary this must have been to be flying through some major turbulence, an an actual like in straight into the storm, which yeah. is so bad. Literally minutes <clears throat> into your. Yeah, and and this is like flight flight paths are determined now based on weather, like, and I'm sure they were then, but he was not made aware of the weather, so he didn't have the right flight path. So, yeah, yeah. So basically, what had happened was the plane, uh, he the plane plowed into a cornfield uh, at 170 170 miles an hour, and everybody was killed instantly. Uh, They were all like ejected from from the plane completely. Like this was the wreckage is. Horrifying. Well, because it like I think it like uh, they landed, they clipped a wing, and it like tum like it somersaulted and like crushed into itself. Yeah, it it catapulted in like and and uh like did yeah somersaulted like like end over end basically. Uh, 
And that's why they were like all thrown out of the plane. Yeah. Oh. But they died I, instantly, luckily. Yeah. Um, and since like well, since it was the morning after, there was like nothing anybody could have done anyways. Like there was no way anybody could have followed them to f- to fly after them. Oh, I think because yeah, the weather yeah. got so bad. Right. Because um, I think the owner of the plane saw them take off and it looked like they were descending like pretty soon after they took off. And that's why they were trying to radio them and not getting any uh, yeah. any feedback. But yeah, there's nothing they could do. They couldn't send anyone to look for them on the ground or in the air because they didn't know where they were. So it was just kind of like wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so a subsequent investigation into the crash by the Civil Aeronautics Board revealed that even though uh, this pilot, Roger Peterson, was somewhat experienced, he had over four years of flying experience with the Dwyer Flying Service, which is – or The company. Yeah, the yeah. company. Uh, he had accumulated 711 flying hours, uh, and 128 of those hours were on the same plane he was flying. It was It's called a Bonanza. Uh and that was the same plane he was flying that night. So he was familiar with the plane. Mm. Uh, however, <clears throat> even though he'd only he he had like a good amount of experience, he'd uh, and he'd logged fifty two hours of instrument flying training, and he'd only passed his written exam and was not yet qualified to operate in weather that required flying solely by reference to instruments. Uh. Uh, so he and the Dwyer F- Flying Service itself were only only certified to operate under the under visual flight rules which means uh, that he shouldn't have been flying in a storm or maybe even at night yeah exactly you you are only allowed to fl- you're only he was only allowed to fly and they were only certified to teach while flying with clear visibility basically wow <clears throat> so yeah you have to see where you're going um and on the night of the accident on the On the night of the accident, visual flight would have been virtually impossible due to the low clouds. Yeah. Uh, There was a lack of a visible horizon and the absence of ground lights over the sparsely populated area. Yeah, it's all cornfields. Obviously, yeah, they crash into the cornfield. Yeah. So the two major findings were uh, that the CAB, the um, Civil Aeronautics Board, determined were that he uh the pilot's unfamiliarity with the old style attitude gyroscope fitted on board the aircraft uh may have caused him to believe that he was climbing when he was in fact ascending Mm. and that's an example of spatial disorientation and then also uh the seriously inadequate weather briefing provided to the pilot which failed to even mention adverse flying conditions which should have been highlighted so yeah it was like it was not good. He should not have flown that plane in the first place. No. Uh, but you don't know. Like, you trust that your pilot knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Why would you think you'd even have to ask? Uh, like, that's one of those things where you expect experts to know what they're doing. Yeah. And so why would you have to ask the questions? Yeah. Do you, Are exactly. you sure you know how to fly your own plane? <laughs> And again, these guys were fucking exhausted. They were just like, please just get us there. We don't care how. It's like- such a bummer too because they could have waited till the next day. Like they could have stayed in a motel closer by and then still flown there in the next day to make the show. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't mm-hmm. have to leave right that minute. And someone who is good at their job should have been like, oh, why don't we wait till the morning? 
Yeah. Well, they put a lot of blame on the uh, the company who organized this whole thing. Dwyer. No. The, oh, the, the, the whole tour? The whole the whole tour, yeah. yeah. General Artists Corporation got a lot of flack. Oh, a lot man. of A cri- lot of criticism because they just totally disregarded the conditions that they forced these guys to tour under. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, sad. it's really it's those are the details of the crash, but yeah. yeah, there was a lot. It was very devastating. I think too. What what is interesting? One of the things that was interesting to me is like what happened immediately after because it changed uh kind of like the protocol for mm. when um there's like an accident where someone is killed. Um, yeah. So. None of the families were notified prior to the release of the identities of the victims to the press. So yeah. the next morning, it was already in newspapers across the U.S., like even in the U.K., uh, because I read something – I read something – I thought it was one of the Beatles had a newspaper route. Maybe it was oh, someone yeah. else. But but they remember like opening the papers the next day. Oh, it was Bob Dylan. Um, oh yeah he had a newspaper route and he was like 13 years old at the time and he remembered opening the his pack of newspapers the next day and seeing that they all died on the front page which is crazy um Uh the in texas buddy holly's mom had turned on the radio and heard the news report before even being notified yeah the it's they yeah none of the family members were notified nope, that none of the family these guys members. were di- that these guys had been killed in the plane crash it, uh, they literally all found out yeah from media from media yeah because buddy holly's wife who was pregnant and living in new york city turned on the tv and found out and unfortunately like miscarried her baby the next day because it was Ugh. so traumatic which could have happened even if she was warned but just like Ugh. a fucked up thing she just like freaked out yeah. um so that both of these instances led authorities to adopting the protocol a few months later it wasn't immediate uh but they were like hey you know we shouldn't uh release identities of victims um in you know accidents who are killed until the families have been notified so yeah i thought that was interesting that well, like a high-profile person, I think sometimes it's hard to like keep that shit under wraps That's anyway. True. Yeah. But still, but yeah. no one knew about this because it was in the middle of nowhere, you know. Right. So they yeah. could have, they could have um, given that information. Yeah. Or yep. maybe, yeah, I don't know. Although, how did the UK find out so quickly, and how is it in newspapers? Once, it, once something gets onto like a newswire, it goes around it goes the around world real basically. Quickly. Yeah. 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 So. It's, yeah, it's really sad. Um, but the tour continued on, which is crazy How? to me. That's so fucked up. I know. Um, Waylon Jennings. Duh, that's so. That's just like so like evident of how f- how fucking little these this company cared. I know about. Well, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like okay, maybe um, Waylon Jennings took over for Buddy Holly, and that's fine. You know, maybe they have a contract they're obligated to fulfill. I don't know. But the other weird fucked up thing is that um, Frankie Avalon came in to replace. Like, they they actually, like, found more young talent, like, heartthrob teen talent to come bring on this, like, fucking devil's tour. Like, it's just so awful. Um, Ugh. Yeah. They're they're just using these these young... Young dudes. Talented people, yeah. Awful. Um, 
And then the other interesting thing I thought that came out of this was that it was the first example of a posthumous single, like, going gold or, like, you know, becoming popular because Buddy Holly Mm -hmm. had a single out that wasn't doing well, but then right after everybody found out that he had died, um, his song, It Doesn't Matter Anymore, which is ironic, um, Mm. became a huge hit. Ugh. And then, I mean, this is, like, I just have, like, some notes at the end, which don't, they're not, I don't know. Um, anyway, if he wouldn't have gotten so famous posthumously, I don't know if he would have become one of the forefathers of the British invasion, which is interesting because, uh... Well, he in- he influenced so many yeah, people. But I think, like, that swell of popularity helped kind of, like, right. solidify his, um his position in influencing the Beatles, for example, who were all obsessed uh-huh. with him, which yeah, is cool. The air of like tragedy that surrounds like his, his like legacy, I like boosts it yeah, a lot. Totally. I think, I mean, he, I, I personally enjoy his music and I think yeah. he was like very talented. Like not, it doesn't take anything away from him as like a, as an artist. Yeah. But I think like people who are inspired by him, like the Beatles, like that, as like a young, you know, teenager or whatever, that uh, era of like fatalism around somebody who's so talented is yeah. like is very. It creates like su- such a lore uh, around that person. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's very interesting. And the uh, the Beatles all tried like so hard to emulate him. Like that's how George Harrison learned to play the guitar is just like by listening to Buddy, Buddy Holly songs and trying to like play along so he he just yeah they became like so interested in his music and then that helped obviously like you know like helped them in their early songs especially and helped them with uh their setup of their band because buddy holly i think was one of the first uh the crickets maybe or Mm -hmm. buddy holly's band when he died was one of the first bands to have two guitars a bass and a drum uh huh. Yeah, that set up that that set up. Yeah, yeah, was, pretty cool. Was made yeah made possible by by his his own setup. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh-huh. Um, what any any other like music uh, influences? No, I don't think so. Oh, we already talked about how the Rolling Stones uh, did a cover of "Not Fade Away." Yeah, which is really good. Great song. Yeah. Um. Okay. My last thought is, of course, there's a conspiracy theory, <laughs> or was a conspiracy theory. Uh, it kind of, not really. They're not um, dead. They're all Bigfoots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the Big Bopper, his son, had his father's body exhumed in 2007 to have him reburied at Forest Lawn, which is like a way more like posh, cool uh, cemetery, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's like where a bunch of famous people are buried. Yeah. Um, and so while he was at it, while he had a, his his father's body handy, he had a forensic anthropologist examine his body because there was a rumor that uh, a there was an accidental firearm discharge that took place uh, on board the aircraft huh. and caused the crash. Because uh, two months after the – the only reason this rumor started is because uh, two months after the event, a farmer had found at the crash site a 22 pistol that was known to have belonged to Buddy Holly. What? Like, yeah, which doesn't mean anything. It just means that, like, it was wrecked. all their shit got, yeah. yeah, like, thrown out of the plane. Like, I don't know, like, 
people couldn't accept that it was just like an out and out plane crash that yeah. was caused because of bad weather and inexperience by the pilot. But so, I mean, just like look at the picture and <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear. Uh, but I mean, I think people wanted like more of a like reason for it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, and then another rumor uh, that had gone around was that Richardson, the big bopper had served, had survived the initial impact and had crawled out of the aircraft in search of help. But, uh, this is only, this was a rumor that was started because, uh, his body was found further from the wreckage than the other three. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't mean anything other than his body was literally just thrown further. Or thrown uh, earlier. Like as it's tumbling. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so he, the forensic anthropologist, uh, did an examination and uh, concluded that he had indeed died instantly from extensive non-survivable fractures to almost all of his bones. Oh, my God. And no traces of lead were found from any bullet anywhere. So Uh. in, in, I don't know. So, Yeah. yeah, it basically confirmed uh the original findings so that's all that was the the last little thing and that happened like fairly recently within the past like uh 10 10 years 11 years so i thought that was interesting so yeah that is yeah they just yeah the plane just crashed because it was bad weather and the pilot didn't know what was going on yeah how to read the instruments properly so he didn't know so sad from down Basically, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's so sad. It's uh it's a it's a really sad story, but yeah. it's a part of like our American music folklore that is really sad and fucked up, but like makes it it's it inspired a lot of I mean, there are I think Buddy Holly and Richie Richie Valens and the you know, everybody else during this time were already inspiring lots of people. Yeah. But uh, it's just sad. It, the, the saddest thing is that they were so influential on their own and then this thing happened and it just really, I don't know. That's like the thing with any um, super talented person that dies too early. Yeah. It's like, oh, what could they have done? You know, it's like, oh, Jimi yeah. Hendrix, Janis Joplin, even Amy Winehouse or like – Yeah. There's so many people that – Oh, you're like, oh, wow. And then their music just is so like, it's that much better because mm-hmm. it's all you have. Yeah. It's interesting. You, ch- you cherish it more, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anytime I listen to Darius, I get, I get a little sad because it's, it's a very bittersweet song, but it's yeah. a beautiful song. I don't know. It's, it's just, I think about his wife, like, yeah. who was super young and she like blamed herself. She like claims that if she would have been there on tour with him, she wouldn't have like let him go- get on the plane. Like well, she I don't would have know. gotten on it. Who knows? Oh, who knows? Yeah, uh, I blame the but- pilot and the company. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I I I blame the uh the touring company that forced these guys to like be performing monkeys. Basically, yeah. So sad. It was that a just, perfect like, storm. Yeah, a shit storm. A shit storm, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh RIP. Yeah. Um go listen to some Richie Valens or his full name is Richie Valenzuela. Um, yeah, but he had to why. like whitewash it so that people yep. would listen to him cuz yeah, <laughs> Americans are racist. Um yeah. 
But don't listen to Donna because that song is so sad. I know. <laughs> oh, it's that that's a sweet haunting song. Yeah. It's yeah, that's how I feel about Dearest too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, we did it. Maybe we'll add a couple of these songs to uh our fucked up playlist. Oh, yeah. If it's about um, something fucked up or I guess yeah. the story behind the artist is fucked up. Yeah, cuz we got a couple songs on there that you're like what's fucked up about that? <laughs> yeah. And then it's but, like, oh, there was like, yeah, something. We got, that- we got, there's like some, some tea behind it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah. All Anyhow, right. that's, that's all I got. It's so sad. Uh, yeah. Sorry to be such a downer this episode, but uh, we got to bring you down to build you back up, I guess. Yeah. Maybe? Well, we were only a downer in the last like third of it, hopefully. Yeah. When the dying happened. <laughs> when the dying happened. When the plane crash when happened. When the plane crash. You know, uh, <laughs> unless there are survivors, a plane crash never ends well. Uh, True. Or, or it's never a great thing. So. Yeah. And I know we kind of spoiled it at the top, but you know. You know. It's to prepare you. Yeah. And also, I think uh, plenty of people know. I'm also like have a more uh, deeper – Hatred of American Pie now that I've done this episode. So. Yeah, because that song's explo- exploitative. And inappropriate. And inappropriate. <laughs> and it's fucking 20 minutes long. It's so long. Why is it so long? Oh, okay. God. <laughs> Can I tell you a quick little story about uh, when I was a kid? We yeah. used to go camping all the time. And one time, this little kid came with us. I think it was like a, a da- my dad's like friend's kid or something. And he was, like, younger than me and my brother. And he just kept singing, like, American Pie over and over again. No. And I was like, get this fucking kid out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Who the He's fuck prob- invited this kid? <laughs> yeah, this kid is not not the one. I can't. <laughs> um, this kid is doing it wrong. And he, like, knew all the lyrics. And I'm like, this is – Why? Now that I know, like, what the song is about, as a kid, I didn't. I was like, shut up with that annoying-ass song. But now, as the adult knowing what this song is about, I'm just like, this kid's going to be devastated in, you know, 10, 15 years when he realizes that his favorite song when he was seven was about a plane crash that killed a bunch of rock stars. So Actually talented rock stars. It's a song by a – basic bitch rock star (laughs) about a bunch of actually talented rock stars yeah um i hate it so much i don't know why it's so long and i it came on on the radio the other day and i like didn't notice i was like thinking about something and Uh then i was like oh my god oh my god no and at that point you'd already been listening for seven minutes and it still had way a lot more time to go i think i was only like 20 seconds in. it wasn't even that much but i just like usually i'm like immediately you know you like turn it but i like was daydreaming and then i was like oh my god why and then yeah but I survived Uh, there's just like certain songs that are just so bad and that's one of them yeah I'm sorry if you really like that song but well I hope you don't like it anymore after this I hope I hope there's a pube in in this American pie now for you (laughs) I hope there's baked in I hope there's I not just a pube I hope it's a cockroach with a pube in its mouth Baked into this. Woof. American pie. I hope there's a someone's put their dick in it. Dick in it. (laughs) Uh, 
that's the appropriate response yeah. for sure. Put your dick in it. <laughs> All right. I think we've heightened this We're back done. up to a fun yep. part. Yeah, we just be did done. it. Okay. Every, everybody knows where to follow us. I don't think – do we have to keep saying it every episode? <laughs> I mean, if this is your first time listening and you're like, Jesus Christ, what oh, the fuck true. is this? Oh, that's true. At DTFU uh, Podcast. Yeah, lodge all complaints there. <laughs> yeah, uh, or DTFUpodcast.com. That's it. Just – you'll find mm-hmm. it. It's fine. Yeah, we got all the info on the website. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Yay. Uh, catch us on all the things. Instagram, yep. Facebook, Twitter, website, at yeah. DTFU Podcast. Yeah. At DTFU Podcast. Dot com. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, be excellent. Oh, duh. Be excellent to each other, guys. Okay, good. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>